This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher here with you. And we've been very, very football heavy here on the podcast as we've been previewing a season that is just three weeks away here. Uh, but we do have some basketball news. And this podcast might be a little similar to one we did about a month ago where it felt like Illinois wasn't tracking very well with a lot of their 2021 targets. But now we know that's the case even further as Jordan Nesbitt has committed to Memphis over a final three of uh, Illinois and SLU in there as well. And Derek Piper is joining us now. Derek, how are you, man? Doing all right. Sorry to take you away from your playoff White Sox. I mean, this doesn't come around too often, but I think it's going to be a heavier tradition for you going forward. Yeah, it is October 1st as we record this podcast, and my White Sox are still playing. It has been a long time since that has happened, and uh, the Oakland A's are threatening in the first inning. So if, if my attention is diverted at some times, you can uh, <laughs> at least uh, – I apologize in advance for that. But, uh, Derek, this is a feeling you get every every year, it seems like, with the Cardinals, or most years. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're spoiled. Um, I'll admit that. I, I've been one to complain a little bit about the offense and, uh, you know, being somewhat of a, a mediocre baseball team. But you, know, you win game one against San Diego and, and some injuries line up your way as far as the pitching matchups go. And, uh, yeah, I'm just a spoiled Cardinals fan that hopefully will make it into round two and, and we'll see what happens. Just wind up in another NLCS because that's what you Cardinals do. <laughs> but that's not why people tuned into this podcast, Derek. It's because another recruit is not picking Illinois. Oh, no. Um, obviously, this is a, a big miss with, with Jordan Nesbitt deciding to go to Memphis. Um, first of all, Derek, th- this recruitment seemed to have a lot of turns. Can you kind of take us through um, how this recruitment kind of ended with Nesbitt ending up with Penny Hardaway in Memphis. Yeah, it, it was a, a pretty wild one. And one of those unpredictable recruitments where multiple sides felt good and, and things really changed in the last six weeks of the recruitment and uh, kind of reminded you of some of those wild rides that John Gross's staff went on. And, and unfortunately, we're on the wrong side quite a bit. But, um, you know, th- this was a really quiet recruitment throughout the summer, and Illinois offered back in March after having Jordan on campus for the Illinois-Indiana game, and uh, they felt really good about the position after extending an offer not too long after that. Uh, had hoped that similar to Luke Goody, they could close him down in the spring, and uh, knowing that he wouldn't be on the EYBL circuit and get a chance to really blow up with his recruitment. Now, he did get uh, a number of high major offers because he had a huge junior season, uh, but uh, Illinois tried to push that, figured that even though they didn't get it done, they were in a really good spot, went really quiet for a couple of months. And uh, all of a sudden you're in August and it sounds like unless something really major changes that SLU is going to get him, they're going to keep him uh, as the hometown guy somewhere to Jordan Goodwin. And, um, you know, that, obviously that's a 
to sell the work, work for Goodwin and, and as we could have been a star at SLU. Um, but, but then, so then you're feeling like you're probably not gonna be able to move him off of that. Well, it happens. And all of a sudden, Illinois is pretty confident. Memphis is pretty confident. You talk to people uh, around the recruitment or, or those that are covering it. And it sounded like, you know, both Illinois and Memphis were hearing uh, for some time that, that they were going to be the choice. And uh, I, I think that right, I know Luke Goody was was recruiting on Illinois' behalf and, and even maybe heard that Jordan told him he was he was on board, that it, that it was going to be Illinois. And, look, that, that, that happens in recruiting, and I understand Jordan did a good job, whether it was his intention or not. I imagine to some extent it was to keep people guessing and to build up the drama, which we've seen before, and you can't really blame a kid too much for wanting his moment and, uh, you know, trying to, to build up the anticipation. But I also think it was a pretty – hotly contested one and one that did change uh, a little bit here and there down the stretch and take some twists and turns, as you said. And uh, ultimately I, I did put in a crystal ball for Illinois. I flipped off SLU, put it in for Illinois and uh, Brian Snow did as well, our national guy and ended up having to change that right before Memphis where um, yeah, Penny Hardaway gets one and, and he's been able to get a lot of what he wants in the recruiting trail and um, should have probably had a lot of caution there. Not that I didn't, but, uh, Illinois was was hearing really good things. Uh, at the same time, Memphis has recruited exceptionally well. Had the number one recruiting class in the 2019 with James Wiseman and four other top 60 guys. He got a five star in Musa Cisse in 2020, and uh, now with Nesbitt as one of the top 10 classes in 2021. So uh, disappointing one for Illinois. The fact that it moved off the slew and Illinois wasn't able to get him. Memphis just offered in August. Now it wasn't the same way with. David Jones, where DePaul was in there for what seemed like five minutes, he closed it down. But uh, Illinois was much more well-established, had put in a lot more time, and uh, they thought they had a pretty darn good sell, but weren't able to get it done. Yeah, Derek, I think some Illini fans, you know, in in our Illinois bubble here might be, well, man, Illinois has got the, the best sell. It's not, you know, a lower conference. It's a definite Power 5 conference. I don't think that's saying enough about Memphis. I mean, Memphis wasn't a national championship game uh, you know, closer to now than Illinois has been, right? I think Memphis has been more nationally relevant, and, and Penny Hardaway makes them really appealing, right? Uh, and the recruiting that he's done, he had the number one recruiting class in 2019. He got a five-star last year. Our boy Landers Nolly, he landed via the transfer market. Uh, and then this year, now he's got another top-ten class, and he, he seems like he's going to add to that. So, um, you know, this this was a real battle, you know, I, I know Illinois had a good year last year, but I think it shows that, you know, we, we sometimes get caught up in, hey, Illinois got a great sell, and I think it had a great sell. But, you know, Memphis has a lot of buzz going for it right now. Yeah, that's a great point. And just because it's not Kansas or it's not Kentucky or it's not Duke uh, doesn't mean that a, a school like Memphis doesn't have quite a bit of a pull uh, in their own right. And you, you said it right there with, with Penny. He had and no doubt cool factor about Penny Hardaway. And even though I know that you're going to hear a lot of, well, the kids that he's recruiting never saw him play, but uh, not hard to find highlights, not hard to, to listen to the fact that, uh, you know, their parents probably saw him and, and just that the ties in the NBA and the pedigree and, the, and just a, he's tied into Nike, uh, both with his own shoe deal, but was, you know, coaching in the EYBL. So, uh, with a team named after him, Team Penny. Uh, so uh, there's a lot to like about Penny Hardaway. Memphis is a is a pretty darn good program. 
uh, given their their stature and uh, their track track record, obviously, when John Calcare and their fan base, they're, they play in an NBA arena. So uh, I, I get it from Illinois' perspective. When you say, you know, he had a chance to come in and, and follow an IO blueprint because they're big scoring guards that uh, can can play alongside a, a Curbelo and, and really take the torch from IO. Not that Adam Miller isn't going to do that, um, but to stay close to home. And, and then Illinois has winning on side. And I, I think that I fully understand, and, and we were doing a podcast, what is it now, two months ago, where Io comes back, Kofi comes back, and everyone's elated in Champagne. It seems like nothing's going to go wrong for, for all my basketball ever again because they finally made it. Uh, well, recruiting's still complicated. Uh, some, it, there's still some disappointments. There's still some different factors than just we win more than them or we're in a better position than them going forward. Um, there's some different things to it, and it, it still can be tough even for teams that are in position to, to have a lot of success going forward, which, which Illinois is. Man, and, and Travis Ford didn't even win the recruitment here, and he got he got his claws in there. Uh, and uh, man, Lil Penny commercials. I don't I don't know. You were young when Penny Hardaway was playing, Derek. But man, when I was in eighth, uh, I was eight or nine years old. Man, I had the starter Orlando Magic jacket. The Penny and Shaq, man, they were the cool thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was a little young. I, I think I remember some NBA Jam or some NBA Lives that Penny was on, and. Yeah, those magic jerseys and the starter jacket. That was there's a lot of swag in that one right there. I think my brother had the Hornets jacket. We loved teal back in the nineties, Derek. That, <laughs> that was that was our go to color. All right, for for Illinois, I mean, Derek, I, I think a month ago we thought Nesbitt wouldn't come to Illinois. Maybe we thought a different school, uh, regional school here, but um, now that you sit there at their wing targets that they've been in on for a long time, Brandon Weston, David Jones, and now Jordan Nesbitt, and all of them are off the board and Luis Robert just went deep by the way and just crushed the ball. Oh, it was oh. so good to see. Um, so that was good to see, but not, not all the wing targets going off the board for the Illini here, Derek. What do you make of that? Yeah. I keep going back to that Illinois, Indiana game where you, you have all three of those guys. You have Jordan Nesbitt, you have Brandon Weston, and David Jones all on campus. Now, I'll also mention you had Luke Goody on campus for that game as well, and you ended up landing him early, and I, I still like that get. I still think that I know his rankings dropped, and I know that uh, there was talk about not shooting the three as well during his junior season, but I, I think that was a good early get for Illinois. It's just that there was a lot of opportunity then to complement him with um, one of those three. And two weeks after that game where you win the game, it's a thriller, it's a rivalry game, Illinois then gets back into the rankings and they finish in the rankings first time in 14 years, the final AP top 25 that COVID shuts down the season, shuts down all in-person recruiting that goes through the end of this year. And uh, Jordan has been committed to a place where he didn't visit. David Jones committed to a place where he never visited and was recruited for literally a week. So uh, for Illinois, we, we talked about it a lot with their 2020 class, what they were able to get done early with Curbelo and Miller and, and Coleman, two of those guys signed and one of them committed all by the end of November. Illinois is really able to put in a lot of time on those other targets and get them on campus and have a sold-out State Farm Center to show them and uh, a team that was winning. And you just added that to the fact that everything else Illinois had done with their talent getting you know, pursuits in the, in the past where they didn't have winning to sell, but they still were able to obviously do enough to get Kofi and get Io and, and, and some of those other names. Uh, so it, it just seemed like a real 
now in hindsight, a real missed opportunity. And I know that uh, some different things presented themselves along the way. And Illinois wanted Brandon Weston to reclass. It didn't happen. It seemed like uh, their momentum in that one really died after that uh, with David Jones, uh, obviously the DePaul uh, emergence and, and whatever they had going for him that, that shut things down real quick. And uh, yeah, you, you weren't like you felt like you weren't leading for Nesbitt all along the way up to this announcement. But at the time, uh, you know, back in the spring, you felt like that was a one that you would have a pretty good chance on. So um, missed opportunity for sure. Wings, not the, you know, the end all be all in this class. Well, we can continue to talk about. And I, I think it's, it's really the bottom line is the big man. And uh, there's a lot of, a lot of pressure on getting Mac ETN. Cause beyond that, I don't, I don't see a high school big man. That's an immediate impact that you're in a very good spot for right now. Uh, but there is something to be said about having those wing targets and, you know, feeling like you did a really good job having a pretty good sell and, and not being able to come through. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, I mean, we know this, Derek, covering this for so long, and Illini fans probably know this for the last decade of following this thing, but um, sometimes recruiting just doesn't make sense. I mean, it did feel like Illinois had the advantage of having those guys on campus, and it felt like they handled those recruitments right and made the right sell. So um, I guess where do they go from here in, in their wing pursuits? And even in the class of 2021, you mentioned Mac Etienne and our guy Dushan London from 24-7 Sports has a, a new update on him. And obviously the competition is huge there, but he's a big fan of, of Illinois. So obviously he's target number one, but what else are, are they looking for in this class after missing on all those wings? Yeah, at the very top, it's ETN, and then until it's over with Bryce Hopkins, which it seems like here in a couple of weeks, um, based on the updates that he's that his dad has, has done with 24-7 Sports and uh, what you're hearing around that one is he wants to probably decide uh, to sign you know, early and sign in the fall uh, and have a commitment date sometime mid-October is what's being said. So that could be a week, two weeks, and Illinois is going to continue to try on that one. And I think that had he released a top five or a top four, whichever was planned, and then he decided, no, I'm just going to stick with my top nine, I think Illinois would have made the cut. Now, are they going to be able to overthrow Kentucky, who seems like ever since they offered, you know, beginning of September, that they've been in the driver's seat? I don't think so. I would be surprised if Illinois was able to win that. Uh, of course, if you do, that's an in-state star, a top 40 type of player and, and is really, you know, similar to EJ and that EJ Liddell and that uh, I think the perfect four and this kind of a system. So uh, if you assume that Bryce probably isn't going to happen and, and in addition to Mac, who I think Illinois is still in a very good, really, really good spot for um, West Carter Jr. Down in Florida, six foot six guard listed as a combo guard. He's not, I know that people are going to look for, well, who's next on the wing. He's got the size of a wing to play off the ball. Um, but I, I think similar playing style also to Io, and that he can play on and off and that um, he's got the length. He's, he's really good in transition. He's a very, very good athlete. Uh, he needs to work on the shot a little bit. So he has quite a few similarities to Io in that. And uh, same high school now for his final season, same high school that Andres Felice went to. Um, same AAU programs. Orlando Antigua is very tight in there. Uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to decide in the spring, uh, at least in terms of signing. So, uh, some time for Illinois, who offered, I believe, late August or early September uh, to work their way in. I think he'll be a major, major priority going forward. Alabama is really the only one that 
since the summer has maintained him as a as a pretty big priority for them. So I'd say that's the team you got to beat out. Georgia's since offered, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big senior season and some others jump in the mix there. And then Ty Ty Washington, which you haven't heard much. Uh, he's a guard out in Arizona, top 100, um, six foot three. Uh, he's a combo, but listed as a listed as a point. You can play him on and off uh, at, once again here. And you're trying to find someone with who can play with Curbelo and then also be your point when Curbelo's off the floor. And um, that's something we talked about in the past as being more of a priority, uh, kind of emerging here uh, down the stretch of this cycle. So the the recruiting board really is has thinned out now that those wing targets are off the board and, and beyond Mac, you don't have very much uh, as a five man. Uh, Sam Iomide is, is a big man uh, out in Pennsylvania who's a three star. Uh, Illinois is having a Zoom with him this week, but Memphis sounds like they're ahead of Illinois. Kansas sounds like they're ahead of Illinois. So, again, behind Mac, I, I don't know that I see a, a high school bait that you can point to and say, okay, this would be our answer if it's not ETN. Uh, and then also beyond Carded and, and Ty Ty Washington, uh, Illinois is going to have to pivot and, and turn to some other high school guys, which they've shown they've done in the past and they've missed on some of their uh, other priorities, but also – uh, the, the transfer market is something that we can't overlook, and I, I think it's something that you can, if Illinois especially has a season that you would uh, envision for them based on their preseason top 10 ranking, they would be a, a pretty attractive destination for, for transfers who are looking for a school to, to go in and, and make an impact for and, and to win at a pretty high level. Yeah, I was about to say, um, this This is going to be really interesting to see how they evolve, how they go into building next year's roster and the future rosters, because one, they haven't had as many opportunities to watch these guys, right? Especially the class of 2021 or even classes beyond that. Um, so in, in high school, I don't know how many kids are going to get opportunities and how much they'll be able to get out. So that'll be interesting because the staff always does seem to find guys late in the process, um, but it might be a little bit different. Um, so maybe that helps them. Uh, maybe it hurts them. I'm not quite sure, uh, but the transfer market you always got to be aware of as well. All right, Derek, uh, while I have you, um, we got to talk about the season's upcoming, but we have no idea when and where Illinois is playing. Uh, just got reported by Matt Norlander of CBS Sports that the uh, tournament they were going to play in down in Destin, Florida, has officially been canceled, and uh, we have no idea how this thing's going to come together schedule-wise. What do you expect? Um, when can we expect a schedule, and, and what do you expect it to look like for Illinois? Yeah, as far as timeline on when it's going to come out, I, I have no idea. It should be, you, you would think here in the next, you know, three weeks or so, you, you would hope that you, if you're a coach, to have your blueprint for your schedule a month before you're actually going to play that schedule. That would make sense to me. But um, I know that, you know, Brad Underwood said on Jeff Goodman's podcast that it's a blank slate, it's a blank sheet of paper. Kent Brown had said something on a radio show Um recently pretty much saying the same thing that they're they're wide open and um yeah i, I don't know i i know that reports are that they're going to play the acc big 10 challenge now it's kind of what's been reported recently by cbs sports and and, and what's out there is that uh, it, it will probably happen in a normal fashion in, in terms of saying one game uh, at uh, schools locations although there was also some buzz here during the fall and look there's a lot of stuff that's moving parts and has changed that uh, the ACC Big Ten was a potential for one of those neutral semi-bubble type situations now, I don't know if there's any more traction there uh, again it might just be 
Illinois getting one opponent either at their home or somewhere else. Um, the Illinois Mizzou game is something, the Dragon Rights game is something that is on a lot of fans' minds, especially because Illinois wants to get some revenge and, and get back on the winning side there. Is that going to happen? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what I do expect is a 20 game Big Ten season. And outside of and an ACC Big Ten challenge in some form, and outside of that, who knows? It's it's kind of crazy right now, and and not hearing a whole lot, or at least what you do here uh, seems to be subject to change. Uh, one other thing I would add, though, is with the Emerald Coast Classic being out of the mix, uh, I had heard that Illinois is exploring some other, as they're calling it, multi-team events uh, to supplement that or, or to do uh, maybe even in that first opening weekend, the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, either go to another site like a uh, Atlanta is, is one that has been speculated on. Uh, Orlando, uh, there's something else going on in the Northeast. So I think Illinois could be maybe in the mix to, if there's going to be a new event put together, be added to that. Or if there's a team that's going to drop out of an existing one, they could be added there. Um, and, and another option is to host their own. We've seen that. Yeah. Kentucky's going to host their own multi-team event. Duke's going to do that. Nebraska. Illinois could decide we're just going to stay home and play Illinois State and Southern and whoever wants to come from in-state. Yeah, and I think Nebraska's going to do one as well. Um, and I think uh, Champaign's got the, the town to do it, and obviously I think they got the venue to do it as well. Uh, Derek, I, I can promise you, wherever they do play, if I can send you, I will send you. you, you can't, I can't tell you how much that means to me. <laughs> I, I got to get out and see some basketball. Uh, I, I hope I'm going to do so. Uh, there's a, there's a Pangos freshman, sophomore, All-American camp going on in Chicago. I think it's the 17th and 18th of October. There's a media request form, full transparency. I've sent mine in. I want to go see some basketball live and in person, or I'm going to go crazy. Derek's like, got any of them basketball tournaments? It's in the neck. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. I, I'm the same way with football right now. So uh, hopefully getting that at the end of the month, and we'll see if I can get up to Madison. But it's almost here. It's almost here. So hopefully we can do it well. Derek Piper, appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, go White Sox, and hopefully both of our teams advance to the next round. But, uh, yeah, excited for some Big Ten football and, and some basketball in some form coming up. Thanks, Derek. Anytime, man. See ya. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, great stuff with Derek Piper. No, it's not the news Illini fans wanted today, and we'll see where they go in this class of 2021. If there's new targets that come on board or it becomes the transfer market, uh, we'll keep you up to date on the latest on that. I did mention earlier in the podcast, Deshaun London, uh, one of our new 24-7 sports basketball recruiting analysts, has a new update with Mac ETN where he says a lot about Illinois, and I, th- 
I think it's really positive about Illinois, of course, that he's one of the best available big men in the country. So Illinois definitely got a lot of competition there. But check out that on the site right now. And Derek Piper just has a broke down of what it means uh, for this decision and not going Illinois' favor. Uh, so check that all out on the site right now. And, of course, we have tons of football content. And I will have an Illinois football recruiting lounge. I know some people have been asking for it, so I put one together. Uh, there's been less uh, you know, recruiting stuff available here recently especially with the pandemic uh, going on and knocking out camps and knocking out visits. Uh, But I did put together the latest Illinois football recruiting information there as well. As always, thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. We soon will get back to our football positional previews and focus more on that back seven on the defense. But always appreciate listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us wherever you are, and we appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.